Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. And on today's episode, I have Johnny Anton with me. And um, I have to say that I think at this point, this has been definitely one of the, let's say, top five, top three podcasts that I recorded with a guest. I mean, I had no expectations to Johnny when he came on the show. His assistant actually reached out to me and um, wondered if he could be a guest on the podcast. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that the, those people who reach out to me are a good fit for the podcast, for the audience, through the things that we're speaking about. Um, and, you know, check them out a little bit, stalk them on Instagram. Um, and I thought, you know, sure, it looks like a good dude, so let's do it. And um, like I said, I had no expectations, but I mean, the conversation that we had, the things that he shared, it, it was... Yeah, it was really good. We had some really good things to talk talk about. Although he did most of the talking, I'll admit that I didn't didn't talk that much, but that's the way it's supposed to be. And um, he actually got me to share parts of my story that I haven't shared before publicly. Um, so yeah, it was it was an interesting conversation. He turned the tables for sure. Um, so, but I highly recommend you listening into this if you want to learn a little bit more about you know how you can be. Showing up more as you, authentically you, um, being the heart center entrepreneur that you are, and uh, also talking about, you know, how we can use um, DMs to chat, sell, even you know, high ticket offers, online courses, membership. It doesn't matter, but it's it all comes back to being authentic. You know, that's really what it comes down to. But I highly recommend you listening into this episode. It's a good one. I promise you, you won't regret it, even though it's almost close to an hour. But it's, uh, it's that good. So check it out. Check out Johnny and um, check out his links. He has, by the way, a nonprofit. It's called Through You, and it's at throughyou.org. He helps building schools over in Africa. So check out that link as well, so maybe you can help out a little bit. And um, yeah, let's jump into the episode. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. All right, welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. I'm your host, Ken Westgar, and today I'm joined with Johnny Anton. Welcome, Johnny. Hey, thanks for having me on, Ken. Appreciate the time. It's a blast to have you here. Uh, why don't you just start off by, you know, letting people know who you are and what it is that you do and who you help and how you help people? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. So I got my started, I got my start in hundred percent commission sales, uh, about 10 years ago. And, um, and it was an untraditional start because I went to school to study banking and investment banking and, 
and how to be on Wall Street. And then I decided last minute to terminate my offers and take a one-way trip to San Diego. And I was like, I'm just going to eat almonds and avocados and run by the ocean every day. And <laughs> so I just took that and I applied to like 80 jobs. I could not find a job in San Diego. And here I graduated from one of the best universities in the world. And I don't tell people that to impress them. I want to impress mm. upon them that I learned more from coaches and consultants as I'll share more about what I do than you know, $300,000 education. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it was crazy. It was very unorthodox for me to do that. And the reason I was connected to San Diego is because my cousin, he was like one of my best friends had passed a few years before that. And he got hit in a car accident and it was just traumatizing for me. And all I could remember was our amazing vacation that we took in San Diego. And so I said, like, I just want to come out here after graduation. I worked really hard at the university. I studied 80 hours a week for five straight years and changed my major twice. And I just felt like I, there were so many better ways to make a hundred grand and change people lives, change people's lives than go work for hedge funds. And so mm. you look at what, what, how it's happening with Robinhood and TD Ameritrade with the whole AMC and the GameStop, you know, it's just like the corruption of like, just like, you know, not having the everyday person win in the marketplace. And so, you know, that, that, that's just like the kind of thing that just made me not, not want to pursue investment banking and hedge funds and private equity. And, so I just started applying to jobs and consulting jobs. And I said, okay, maybe I can get a consulting job. And so I applied to 80 jobs in San Diego, couldn't find a job. And I was like, how does a, a top university graduate graduating with honors, like top of the class, like can't find a job. You know what I mean? Like there is just something wrong with America. And that's when I knew like the American dream was just bull crap. It was just a... <laughs> story that we were sold to go to school, get a job, work for somebody else. And here I am. I did that. I followed the American dream formula. My family came here as immigrants from Iraq and they set me up to go to the best school. And here I am. I can't find a freaking job. And all my friends are still in debt from college eight years later yeah. after graduating. And so I was like, man, you know what? Maybe I just need to find an untraditional job, like not even consulting. And so I started promoting for clubs in San Diego and I was like, whatever, maybe I can find the money in this city since I can't find a job. And so I started promoting for clubs. I said, okay, maybe people who buy bottle service are rich. And so if they buy bottle service, maybe I can reverse engineer how they became wealthy to spend all this money on alcohol. You know, and so I started promoting for clubs and then I realized like it's really started to deteriorate my body. I was drinking five days a week. I was promoting for clubs. Like I, you know, I had this, like, I spent like $2,000 every last dollar on the suit that I had to keep clean to look good and have this image. And I just felt like I was living a different, like a life where I didn't know I was going to be doing this. And I was like, did I really like go to like this top university and like work my butt off in high school to, to then land a, a, a promoting job in San Diego? Like, what am I doing with my life? And so I took a hundred percent commission sales job because I had no choice. I was like down to my last few hundred dollars in my bank account. And I went like just four straight weeks, like windling down to my money. And, um, and I worked with this company called fortunebuilders.com, which if you look them up on Inc 5,000, they are the fastest growing educational company of all time in real estate education, the niche, the niche real estate education. They taught people how to flip houses and mm -hmm. amazing, amazing company. They have thousands of testimonials and, I sold real estate coaching for them and I didn't know anything about high ticket sales. I just took the job. I was reading from a script and I hated it at first and everyone told me to quit. And what I loved about it was personal development and yeah. CEO just kept dropping books on my desk. Hey kid, read this. Hey kid, read this. 
And then all I knew is we were doing these personal development freaking exercises and we were doing hypnosis. We were doing gratitude statements. We were, and then we were drinking green juices at lunch. We were surfing at lunch and I was living two blocks away from the ocean and I was broke. And I was like, well, it can't be this hard. Cause I was spiritually, I was like rich, but financially I was poor. And so that's when I realized like you can be rich in spirit and the finances will work itself out. As long as you focus on your identity, as long as you focus on your character, as long as you focus on your abundance and vibrating at a higher level. So sorry for that long winded answer. It took you on that journey of my story, but I felt compelled to like anybody watching this, that, you know, you don't have to do it the traditional way and you can do it the traditional way and then completely just switch everything up. And that's what I did. And so I've been selling high ticket for over eight years I sold personally over $25 million in coaching and consulting packages for a variety of companies. And I was a top producer in every one of those companies. And for the last five years, I've been consulting companies that sell high ticket offers on how to scale out their high ticket offers. And so I've been behind the scenes. I'm like that guy from Pulp Fiction. I'm like the wolf. I come in with my Acura NSX. I help you close millions of dollars in the back of the room. And then I take off with my, you know, my tuxedo and I, I go into the wind, you know? And so I did that for the last five years and the last, and in 2020 it was the first time I actually come out to the public and started teaching what I was doing, you know, with these influencers and these experts. So you know, I've been selling high ticket and done over 75 million with 11 different niche niches in the high mm-hmm. ticket space with all these different influencers. So I, I was like, just go to these influencers, help them launch their high ticket offer. Or I'd go to people who are already doing seven figures and I'd help them get to multiple seven and eight figures. And I'd combine my relationships with marketing. So I'd bring these marketing experts in and they would build out all these funnels. And then I would coach the sales teams and grow the sales teams from the outside And they were like, man, how do we get more Johnny's? How do we get more people like you that are heart center, that are like authentic? Like, like I just don't have a radar that goes off when I talk to you and my clients don't either. And so how do we teach our salespeople to be more like you? Mm -hmm. I said, well, you've got to have them do leadership coaching and communication and personal development. And so, you know, so many sales people out there or people or coaches or consultants that want to launch online or people that you work with that launch their first course and get online. Finally, they have a hard time being themselves and, 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 and they just make it weird when they sell and it. And it's not their fault. It's because of all the old sales paradigms that they're learning. And so um, that's, you know, my, my brand is all about breaking the old paradigms and showing people there's a new way of selling. There's an authentic way. There's a way you can put people first and profit second, and you could skyrocket your sales without ever jeopardizing your character and your ethics. Exactly. And those last couple of minutes, that explained exactly what you do. But I love that you shared the story from, you know, where you literally began to where you ended up, because I think a lot of people, and I, I know we on this podcast, we talk about this, you know, how we kind of started out and we tend to forget that once you reach that, you know, six figures, seven figures and all that stuff, we tend to forget that, you know, this is actually where we're starting. We all started out at the same place. We struggled, we worked long hours where, you know, we, was turned down a million times. And I think it's important that we kind of bring that up again, talk about it just to kind of remind ourselves that, you know, we were there too. And it's, um, yeah, it's hard when you're in the middle of it, obviously. Yeah. I, I love what you said there. You're hard. It is hard when you're in the middle of it and it's hard when you vocalize it to be hard. Right. So what people don't, one of the first things I teach is language and language mm-hmm. patterns. And mm-hmm. so when you, grow up, we don't control the actual creation of our language and how we listen and how we communicate. In fact, 
a lot of it's absorbed in our environment. And you can read articles on psychology and cognitive development psychology. I took a class at the University of Chicago and it was an honor and privilege to take it with a PhD from Harvard. Her name was Catherine Kinsler. And she taught me a lot about the psychology of human beings and how a lot of your character, your personality, and the way you communicate and listen is actually developed in the years zero to seven and sometimes up to 14 or 21 years old. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of my sales training is psychological and it's neurological and it's biochemistry. I'm focusing on what's happening in a scientific aspect to the prospect when you're speaking to them about your high ticket offer. So I take a very unconventional approach to sales training. And I combine a lot of different methodologies to have people produce breakthroughs in their communication. And, you know, and what they end up finding out is that their communication translates to everywhere in their life. We don't have people who have business problems or sales technique problems. It's their personal communication blockages bleeding into their sales conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And I love the fact that you brought up all about the personal development and just, I think, what you touched upon uh, earlier was that you, you know, you need to put yourself into all the mix as well. I mean, it's one thing to learn all this psychology and the words you need to use and, you know, the tactics and all that stuff. And we need it obviously, but we need to put ourselves into this as well so that it becomes authentic. It becomes the heart centered entrepreneurs that you want to be. And um, I, I think we see more and more of that happening today versus, you know, just a couple of years ago. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I really truly believe that maybe five years ago, everybody saw like personal development or self-development or changing the way you see yourself or the world was like a bunch of rah, rah and a mm-hmm. way to like just get excited and be happy temporarily. <laughs> and yeah. so I think now we really start to understand the science of neuroplasticity, which really is your brain changing and growing. It's the process where your brain can actually change the way, the way memories are developed and the way your personality is and the way you see yourself in the world. And so it's very, very clear that neuroplasticity is real for the last 10 years of research that we know about the brain and, you know, new neurological pathways or neurons can develop through experiencing new phenomenon that conflicts your already existing cognitive biases of how you see the world. And so I know I'm using very fancy words, but really simply like when you see something in the world or you interact with, or you see other people do something, you start to develop these neurological pathways that strengthen over time that reinforce viewpoints that are really all false perceptions. They're just things that we reinforce through looking through the evidence. And so like in life, when you see something and you experience it, you look for the evidence as to why it's real. And so Mm -hmm. your energy and focus goes where your attention is. And so you can actually control your attention through influencing your own thoughts and feelings on a daily basis. And so a lot of my sales training is actually showing people that you can get to a thoughts action space or an action thought space. And even thoughts and feelings can influence your actions and vice versa. And sometimes just taking the action can influence those. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter what you do, but the point, what I'm saying in a nutshell is you can change your personality and to change your personal reality, you have to actually change your personal reality because Jim Rohn, one of my favorite personal development people always says, if you want extraordinary results, you have to think extraordinarily different, right? And that's like mm-hmm. one of my favorite Jim Rohn sayings. And that's my best impression. I get. <laughs> people like that. 
But you know, I, whenever I was like sad in my first sales job, my, my, uh, my boss, he was an Australian dude and he's kind of has like a ginger beard, kind of like us. And he used to take his Aussie rules football. He's from Tasmania and he would smack it against the grawl ground. He's like, good day, mate. Good day, Charlie. Quackadoo. And he would just be like, just influencing me to watch Jim Rohn because I was, my mindset was like, oh, the leads suck this week, Benny. He's like, ah, the leads don't suck. The leads are strong. It's the way you see it. And so he would just like give me all these lessons and stuff and had me watch Jim Rohn. And it really started to change the way I thought. And I started reading different books and I was like, wow, I grew up in a very pessimistic home. And, you know, I resented my family and I ran away because in a Middle Eastern family, like we have shows that dramatize things, right? Like Al Jazeera is like our, if you're Spanish speaking, telenovela, right? It's like designed around people in the village gossiping. And so- <laughs> When you grow up in like Italian culture and like a lot of cultures like this, it's not unique to Middle Yeah, East. that's true. And so when you grow up in an environment where pessimism and drama is like funny and it's like dramatized in a, like an entertaining way, it starts to influence your psychology to think that way. And so I started to see the world differently when I started to influence myself to consume different information. And so when I saw that my personality changed as you know, then my personal reality changes as a result of that. I was like, holy cow, we don't have like the biggest antithesis to, you know, being successful in entrepreneurship is not developing yourself at the same time you develop your skills, your business skills, because business principles and business skills by trade are actually really easy. It's just, we don't develop ourselves at the same time. Like I had, I read all these books and I had all this great personal information and these great tactics, Mm -hmm. but I never saw a different reality for myself until I actually focused on the character and the emotional IQ and and changing how I saw myself in the world. Because when I grew up, everyone always told me I wasn't good enough. I I wasn't ever going to be good at communication. I would never be amount to anything in life. And I was a CD and E student until I was in ninth grade. So people listen to the first part of the story of when I jumped on this podcast and they're like, Oh, he had it all figured out. He went to a top university and all this stuff, but they didn't realize like, even when I was younger, I care, I had to go through a character change. And so, you know, a wrestling camp that I went to changed my life and showed me the process of hypnosis and changing your personal reality through changing your personal personality and your character and how you saw yourself. And so at a very young age, I learned these lessons, but then when I got to my first sales job, I forgot them all. (laughs) <laughs> and so every little, like every part of your life is an opportunity to up level your character and you're only as successful as your identity says you are. And so mm-hmm. a lot of my sales training has to do with identity. And these entrepreneurs that I work with, there are seven, eight figure entrepreneurs. It takes an altruistic spiritual person to be open to that. And I used to go to like the corporate companies and I'd be like, okay, pay me $10,000 to influence and change your identity and you'll get the different results. And they were like, you're out of your mind. You're crazy. And they actually rejected me and they didn't want to work with me because corporate America doesn't really believe in a lot of leadership coaching. Like you have to actually like get in there and do free talks for a while and and have them see the difference that it makes. And they're just not open to it because they think it's all tactical. It's all business related because they come from very, very prestigious backgrounds where it's all about knowing and knowing and the systems and the process and the tactics. And, you know, and then, so I I have to kind of like, find my way with people who have high ticket offers that need sales training and help for their sales teams that understood the value of pouring into leadership and changing the mindset and psychology of the salespeople. So 
Um, you know, but I feel like corporate America, if they took this approach, that person that I'm doing with sales train with sales training, their their sales would skyrocket. They would have more retention and less turnover, and they would actually be more profitable. But it's the same things that make them like greedy and successful. Like right now is why they're very very successful. So why change it? And so if you want new results, you have to be willing to see it takes a new version, a new way of thinking, and when something's working for you, you don't really challenge it. And that's why I never challenged the way I thought in my way of doing sales when I first got started, because I made a lot of money in sales and I made millions of dollars in commission in my twenties, but I was very unhappy and very poor in my relationships. So just because you're very successful and you make money and you're good at sales doesn't actually mean you're going to be happy. And so I was miserable in my mid twenties when I, after I had made over a million in commission and I had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in my bank account. And I traveled to 26 countries and I was, Ken, I was just depressed. Excuse my language. Uh, you know, you can block that out, <laughs> if you want to, but I was just depressed after traveling to 26 countries because I had focused on just making money and just being, and I was so arrogant about being so good at sales and I was all high and mighty. And I realized like, I still fight with my mom every day. And then I realized like, wow, there's levels to leadership. There's levels to communication. There's levels to building relationships in life. And so I invested a hundred thousand dollars into changing my identity and going through hypnosis and seminars and grat and a bunch of different mentors that coached me along the way that changed my psychology to this level where I can be abundant and believe in nice things, but also be authentic and put people first. And when I was able to marry the two that's when my skit, my sales skyrocketed and my, my clients started to see results that they'd never seen before. Cause I stopped focusing on the tactics and the day-to-day and the processes and started focusing on character development of salespeople. Mm-hmm. And what basically what you're saying here is it, it's really not about the money because the money is not going to make you happy. Just like you said, you were miserable, even though you made millions in your twenties, but that mm-hmm. didn't do it for you. But how, yeah. how, how is this, um, you know, the, uh, the journey of, you know, changing your identity. Has it been a long, tough journey? I would, I mean, it's not something you just come up with and then, you know, today I'm going to change my identity and then, you know, flip your fingers and you change it. Yeah. I think, I think anybody watching this needs to embrace the word confrontation, right? Mm -hmm. I think as a society, we have people who are disposed to be confrontational with how they grew up in their environment. Like, with my family in a Middle Eastern environment, it was very confrontational. It's like, you're going to go to college. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> or you're going to be a doctor. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm not living your dreams. You know what I mean? So you just grow up in that environment. Like a lot of people have this in their parent dynamic. It's, it's not unique to Middle Eastern. I thought it was. But when you study, you know, Asian parents or you study any immigrant parents, Italian parents, you name it, they're tough on forcing their views on their family. And so I always thought that my family was the flawed one. And I would, then I would look out in the world and I would see all these other parents that didn't feel like they were forceful. And then when I started to study people and really see that people just look good on the surface and you can see that they, they put on a front a lot of times and, you know, and, and all those people that I was paying attention was just my cognitive bias, just resisting my upbringing. You know, I was just looking for why other families were better and why my parents were wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, making yourself, making your family wrong doesn't bring you closer to other people in your life. And so what I did was I consumed all this personal development, then I became a dick about it. 
And I started to actually be mean to my family. And I realized, oh, because I was the enlightened one and they were not. And so that was like the final phase because it's like you do all this personal development. And it's like a quote that one of my mentors taught me is that yesterday's transformation is tomorrow's ego trip. Check that out. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yesterday's transformation is tomorrow's ego trip. That means what you got, what you discover, that enlightenment. Notice how enlightened people aren't resentful about it. They aren't forcing it into other people and making them wrong about not having that sort of enlightenment. They're patient and get them to constantly make it their idea so that they eventually influence themselves to see the idea. And that's the highest form of influence when you study. You know, that's why I have all my closers and all my uh, entrepreneurs that have courses that want to sell a high ticket offer. I have them study Martin Luther King. I have them study Rosa Parks. I have them study Mother Teresa. I have them study the most influential people of all time and understand their language patterns and how they're influencing people at the world and society level. Because if you can influence people at the world and society level, you can trickle down to your community, to your groups, to relationships, to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always teach you have to you have to change the communication that you have with yourself about what's possible. And even you can, and don't take this the wrong way. And I know you didn't ask me for feedback. This is unsolicited, <laughs> but when you say things like it's hard and I'm working on it, what you're communicating to your subconscious mind is that your identity isn't actually capable of pursuing and succeeding on video. Right. And we had talked about this before jumping on here about, you know, being nervous on video and everybody goes through, I've been nervous on video and I, it took me time to get this fluid with my words. And so anybody watching this is you have to be willing to confront where you're at and who you are and how you see the world multiple times in your life. And it's gotta be ongoing every day. And it was easy for me to confront eventually because I was tired of not having strong relationships. I was always that guy that people admired. Oh, Johnny's smart. He's charismatic. He's funny, but he's a dick, isn't he? And, you know, he's arrogant with his success and I don't really feel good about, you know, him. And so what's interesting is I was making money on the phone and people felt good about signing up with me, but I was one person on the phone and I was another person in my life. And that's when mm-hmm. I realized that people are one person somewhere and they're not the same elsewhere. And so I started to live on like how you do anything is how you do everything. And so I said, okay, when can Johnny be the person on camera as the person, like what's stopping Johnny from the guy on the phone to doing that in his life. And it was always trying to prove something to people because Mm -hmm. when I was seven years old, my mom was working in a liquor store in the worst area in Detroit. She was working 20 hour days. There was four inch bulletproof glass there was times where my mom would bring us there for the weekend and we would do things like go play basketball. And my brother one time got stabbed playing basketball in the back and he lived and he's fine, but he has a scar going from the center of his back or from the top of his back to the center of his back. And, you know, seeing these things and exposed and being exposed to violence in Detroit and seeing people, things that young kids shouldn't see, you know, I would never wish that upon, you know, my future kids or anybody watching this who has kids and it really changed me and shifted me and made me like a hard individual at a young age. And, you know, I was seven years old and I tell people this and there's no more sadness for me because this is what allowed me to bring my gifts to the world and why I truly feel my gifts are communication and helping people overcome communication blocks is because when I was seven years old, my mom was working in that liquor store and I was home alone 
And my mom had fireworks that she used to, you know, sell at the liquor store. She used to go get from Ohio and bring them to Michigan. She get the, all the illegal fireworks, the dynamites, the the quarter sticks, the, the the Roman candles, the stuff that you and I as kids would just go crazy over. And you know, when it's like a kid in a candy store, you're home alone, and your aunt is bringing you food, and your mom can't afford to be there, and also, you know, work countless hours to make sure that she could put you in a college that you know failed me, right? So you know, all these things really, really, you know, as a kid, I was just wanted to just be cool. I wanted to connect with people. And so I, th- I, I thought the coolest thing was just lighting fireworks and showing my friends fireworks and things like that. And I had like this box of fireworks every year and I was the coolest kid on the block. And so I lit some jumping jacks one day and very, very non-intrusive fireworks. And I stepped on all of the fireworks and nothing happened. I was like a careful little boy. And I close the door and I'm skipping and I'm like, oh, I just got away with murder. Nobody's ever going to know. I lit some fireworks home alone. And 20 minutes later, can the most traumatic noises and the traumatic thing happen? That box of fireworks somehow lit back up and those $50,000 worth of fireworks exploded simultaneously. And oh, wow. I remember I burned my hand on the door, opening the door and there's 40 foot plane of, uh, flames and my brother and I my brother was sleeping when I had done this and he was 10 years old and so he was watching me and you know child protective services is probably watching this like I wonder why we didn't you know get those kids out of that home and so you know you know yeah and I nearly killed my brother and I and it was the most devastating thing because my my mom came home and she's like we don't have Johnny we don't have insurance on the house we're going to be homeless and when Mm -hmm. she said that and I looked up at her and I was crying his firefighters were grilling me because they thought I did it on purpose. And I'm looking up at my mom with this disdain and I never forget her face. She looked at me. She said, you know, Johnny, we're going to be homeless. And when she said that, like my whole world came crashing down. Like I was just like falling so deep and sunk so deep. And I felt so nauseous and I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm this much of a disappointment. And that's when it left an emotional signature on my subconscious mind that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't going to amount to anything. I was a disappointment and my mom didn't love me. But if you go back to that moment, all I did was I accidentally burned my house down. But the story I created is my mom didn't love me. Mm -hmm. My mom didn't actually communicate to me that she didn't love me. I made up that story and I started living that story in my life. And I started living that character. And so that's why I was a CD and an E student until I came up across mentors and coaches and consultants that really changed my identity through hypnosis and had me see the world in a different way through affirmations and gratitude statements and influencing me through books and leadership. And I played sports to channel my anger and I started to become this leader and gain confidence and courage. And I was an introvert that did art and science for most of my childhood. And so people watching this are like, oh, he's just naturally charismatic. He's naturally passionate. But I was the most introverted kid until the age of 18 when I became a leader on my wrestling team and became a top sale, a top uh, salesperson on my sales team years after that in college, after college. And so, you know, anybody watching this understand that my mess was communication. I had all these communication blocks. I was scared. I would stutter. I had an eating disorder where I would throw my food. I was anorexic and I was always just so traumatized from the experience because I created a story in my mind that wasn't good enough. And so if you're watching this, understand that your personality got developed at a young age, you just don't know it. And you're living your life as a, like this contraption of a character where you were taught and told that you are this one thing that you're not really, that you made up. And so you live this life of, you think you're this idea of self, but 
who you are is really what other people said you are, or how you see yourself. And so I saw myself as not good enough, not lovable, not capable. And it showed up in my results in my mm-hmm. life. And it wasn't until I changed my character, my identity, how I saw myself and I forgave myself. It wasn't until I forgave myself about that experience. And I saw that that was the greatest experience that ever happened to me in my life. Because now I have this gift of communication. Notice how I don't even stutter or don't say, uh, I don't even have a gap in my words. Why? Because that mess created my message. My mess was communication and the blocks that I had from that traumatic experience and how I reacted to it. And now my message is helping coaches and consultants and I'm returning the favor to them by helping them get out their high ticket offers, by helping them scale out their programs. That's why I help coaches. That's why I help consultants because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't actually be where I'm at today where I can honestly say I live a happy, fulfilled life where I put people first and profit second. I've been to 26 countries. I retired my mom. I'm blessed to say all these things because I gravitate and I vibrate a high frequency And it's because of all the lessons I've learned, the coaches and consultants that really helped me get to where I am today to really reshape my identity and character and live this life of abundance. And so I'm very, very blessed. And I want people watching this to know that they can do it too, that they have what it takes, that that I believe in them, that they should believe in themselves and that they shouldn't pay attention to what's happening in their environment because it's not real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing how one moment in your childhood that can define your life in such a big way without you even actually knowing it until you start really diving into that and unpacking all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What, what like not to turn the tables on your, inter- your own interview, what did you have any like inflection, uh, you know, I, you know, inflection in your, in your life or some story or something that really shaped who you are and changed the way you saw the world and yourself? Like, do you have something like this is listening to my story? Like, Do you have a story that, you know, I'd love to hear that about you since you've been so generous with listening to my story. (laughs) I can't help but to ask you about yours. Sure. I mean, I, throughout my childhood, I've been, you know, been picked on. I've been the one who been bullied uh, on school. Uh, You know, you're being judged and made fun of all that stuff. And throughout, you know, when I growing up, my father was uh, abusive to my mother. Um, He had some issues with alcohol, obviously. And, you know, all that obviously shaped me to, you know, go inwards and becoming really introverted. And I think it didn't really change until kind of like you, you know, maybe 16, 17, when I actually started to get a job uh, working at a grocery store we actually had to interact with people. You had to actually talk to people. Even that was even scary, obviously, but that was kind of the start of a transformation where things kind of shifted and, you know, you start to make have conversation with people that you don't really know. And, um, you know, from there you continue growing, you continue evolving. And honestly, it hasn't been until I would say maybe the last three years, maybe or so where I really started digging into personal development and all that stuff. And, really starting to see all the amazing things that we can actually achieve and we can change everything. You know, we don't even realize how much we can change because it isn't the way we think it is. It's not true. It's just, you know, a meaning that we put behind everything. And I think that is such a big realization to understand that, you know, things can actually change. You can change. You don't have to be the person that you always been. And that's, um, that's amazing. I love that you have that you share that experience, bro. That's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that because it's, no it's not very easy to jump on these podcasts and share my story and what I've been through and all this stuff. And, 
you know, I think that's the, also one of the antithesis to building relationships is not really being mutual and understanding where people come from and that access to relatability really comes at being vulnerable with each other. And it's something that I teach in my sales methods because it's very effective to build a relationship. I feel a lot closer to you now that I know that you've been through that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and I think that that's one thing that I want to see on podcasts more is like the guests, you know, really understanding and truly being, you know, understanding of where people come from and where and how they got to where they are at. And it's just really easy to jump on these and just kind of have like a selfish agenda to like promote yourself and what you do and your story and all that. And mm. so you really kind of like in like the way you ask questions and elicit responses made me really realize that, you know, I could do a better job of really understanding people that interview me and where they're coming from. So thank you for the opportunity. Well, there you go. <laughs> but uh, let's talk a little bit about high ticket offers. Obviously, they are a little bit different than, you know, from selling a simple online course or, you know, a membership or something like that. Um, but I would, I'm assuming here now that, you know, the principles for you is pretty much the same. You know, this you need to show up in the same way. You need to be the same authentic you. Um, but is there any real difference to, uh, you know, versus high ticket and, you know, the courses and the membership, how you sell those? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a very polarizing topic. Like if you ask two people about what <laughs> they feel about this, you're going to hear entirely two different strong responses. Right. So yeah. anybody watching this, like anybody who sells courses, like, listen, with courses, what I found is that they're very scalable and, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's hard to control the results. So although you can sell a lot of courses and they're super scalable and they can provide you with financial freedom, they don't necessarily get people the best results. And, you know, and how you can actually improve your courses and the creation of your courses, you actually start with a high ticket offer. And the reason why you start with a high ticket offer in my point of view is because done for you or one-on-one is actually the most effective way to get people results. Mm -hmm. So if you can work someone one-on-one in a six-week program, an eight-week program, even a six-month or a 12-month engagement, you can actually influence their psychology at a more effective level instead of them logging into a course and having to influence their own psychology, right? So that's why I always tell people to start with a high-ticket offer. And I went against what I taught this year for my own brand and launched a low ticket offer like a hundred dollars or thousand dollars because I wanted to build a no like and trust with a brand and create raving fans and deliver value. So I think the other side of it is if you do start with courses, you and, and low ticket items like anywhere from five dollars to even up to five hundred dollars, I think what you do is you can create raving fans. I think yeah. that's the positive side of it that people don't talk about on the internet is you can create these raving fans that get so much value and they can actually boost your engagement online and they can actually like comment and they can show other people that are a high ticket type of client how awesome you really are if you broadcast what's inside of those courses inside of your communities on your social media platforms. And that's actually what I did is my low ticket offers led to more high ticket sales because my high ticket clients saw my low ticket deliver delivery on my social media channels. And they're like, wow, I love how you are with beginners. I love how you are. Like, I want you to coach my team. I want you to work with my team. I want your help with scaling a high ticket offer. So uh, there's two sides of the coin, high ticket, one-on-one done for you. You can get people better results, but it's not scalable. Okay. Yeah. And then the course route is you can, it's super scalable, but 
you can't always control the results and you sometimes don't get really good results. And so the best way I think to create courses is, is to create high ticket offers and then distill the best stuff that people get results with and then use that to create your course. So go from a done for you model and a do it like to a done with you model, which is group coaching to a do it yourself model. And I think that's the most effective way to launch as a coach or consultant, because it's when you try to focus on converting a course too much and you're like the hardest part in the coaching and consulting space is product market fit. It's standing out in the marketplace with your actual offer. And so if you can sell higher ticket and get people results and get really, really good results, you can then now market at a more effective rate for your course because you have these really, really good testimonials that make your offer compelling for the person who then eventually does your course. And so I going back to it, if I didn't have the audience of, I had an avatar that was following me because I did, uh, you know, talks with Mm -hmm. people who attracted young beginners, right? People who don't have a whole lot of money. That's why I launched a low ticket offer. But if you could do it all over again and you don't have that sort of audience that I built, you can go after a higher end niche client when you first get started because the most important thing is abundance and cash reserves. So if you can stack up your cash reserves and come from a place of abundance you can then vibrate at a higher level and focus on using that money from your high ticket offer to get your low ticket stuff converting. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. That's what I teach is a variety of those things. And, you know, and so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Well, it's to some degree, obviously. Um, but would you say that, you know, if you go back to the things that we talked about, you know, being authentic and showing up as yourself and all that stuff. Uh, and you talked about how you coach, you know, coaches and consultants on, you know, personal using personal development and using all that stuff in their high ticket sales where they're trying to, you know, close the sales. Would you use that same principles in selling a course or membership as well? Yeah, absolutely. You know, what you do on a high, so what I teach in sales when you're on, you know, a one to three call process for your sales process, right? And so depending on how much you charge for your process, like you can do a lot of the low ticket stuff via DM through Mm -hmm. sharing your story through social media. So the invisible funnel that I teach to course creators and coaches is how to actually master DM closing and chat closing. So, um, you know, my business partner and I, you know, my, one of my business, my business partner, Nico Moreno, he's a chat DM closing expert. He, you know, won a two comma club award with many chat and he helped people start their many chat bots and help people like Tanner Chedester make tens of millions of dollars online, you know, and that's my business partner. And so we show people how to launch courses and high ticket offers via chat and, mm-hmm. you know, and social media channels, because if you can market your story and your content, people can then start to build that no like, and trust factor, that KLT with you over time. And then when you start to deliver value in the DM and, you know, and have five, 10, 20 touch points with someone in the DM, what we're finding is people are even doing 5k and 8k offers via DM. And so, you know, so people don't even want to get on the phone anymore. And so like, almost like my expertise is almost becoming obsolete in the new age of marketing and selling because people just would rather communicate via text and text message and messaging have 95% or higher open rates when an email has less than 3% you know, and phone calls, people no show all the time. And, 
you know, even when they get a phone call, they expect they're being sold to. Whereas like if they're having an authentic conversation with you with voice memos and resources that you're giving them in the chat, it's unbelievable what you can accomplish via chat, never having ever get on the phone and not even doing it yourself. And I have DM assistants, you know, I have four or five assistants that are constantly building that no like, and trust factor in the DM. And I teach my clients to do the same. So if you, if you would, uh, would you describe a little bit how that looks like, you know, um, starting out that conversation in DMs and how that progresses to, you know, closing a sale in short terms? Damn, we're getting real (laughs) psychology. Now we're like, okay, let's get into it. Yeah. I love it. Okay, cool. The tactical stuff is fun for me. And the first thing is like you, the first thing I teach in chat closing, DM closing, or just even coming through a relationship, building a relationship, the first thing is to detach from the outcome. That's mm-hmm. the first principle. So that means be committed to their transformation. Okay. So what I say is att- detach from the outcome, commit to the transformation. Okay. And you have to see that everything in life to get people to take action and mobilize them is transformation. That's why the first thing I teach entrepreneurs to study is the Martin Luther King. I had a dream speech. Why? Well, I had a dream speech is all about, this is where we're at as a society. This is where we can be as a society if we just adopt this new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And so it's taking people from point A to point B, where the vehicle is your product and service, but now your vehicle is how you interact with them in the chat, okay? So there actually has to be a transformation in the chat and understanding the transformation has nothing to do with your product and service. It has everything to do with where they're at. Okay. So step number two is meet them where they're at. Where are they at? Where are they at in their business? What do they want to accomplish? What have they done in the past? What don't they like about what's out there, right? Really understanding their psychology, studying their profile and their Instagram or their Facebook or their social media and seeing what they like, what their interests are and actually commenting about those things in detail. Hey, I love that you are a big believer in vision. I think vision is very, very powerful. What is your vision for 2021, Mm. right? Really connecting something that's authentic with what they actually said and building that rapport at a higher level and then anchoring it back into moving them through the progression of point A to point B. Does that make sense? Totally, yeah. And then you actually have to just find out that like what they want because a lot of times what they want has nothing to do with your product and service and you shouldn't actually try to sell them. And that's where people go wrong. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it might take them, everybody has a different buy cycle right? Some people might take three weeks to buy, six weeks to buy. Some people never buy and they're just followers of you, right? So you have to understand like where, like how does this person make decisions? What have they done in the past? Where have they been wronged, right? Because you have to address the third thing that I teach is address what's in the space, okay? So what's in the space between you and me is nothing because we don't have any bad memories with each other. But now if you're bringing past podcast guests into this situation, what people often do is they file their past into their future. And then they live into this vision that's limiting about what's possible with the person right in front of them. Okay. So if you had a bunch of podcast guests that you perceived were like just unethical, or you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this. You would start to question me, even though you don't have anything within the space. So sometimes what's in the space for people is how they experienced someone just like you in the past. And until you actually address what's in the space and remove what's in the space, you're never going to create that transformation in the chat with someone. 
And so often there's some probing questions. Hey, have you ever done coaching before? Have you ever, you know, bought something via chat? Have you ever got on the phone and had a bad situation? Like really probing to understand like what they've done and what they've experienced and the level of their skepticism. Mm -hmm. Because the first layer is, do you care? That's the first layer. It's not, can you help them? It's, do you care? Do you actually care? And part of caring is knowing what they've been through and asking them and helping them with that without expecting them to want to work with you. Okay. And so credibility is that very, very first layer of chat closing. You have to see if you're credible in their eyes because nothing you say about your product and service is going to actually make them want to work with you if you're not credible in their eyes. And credibility almost has nothing to do with just the results you produce because now everybody has testimonials. Everybody has a landing page where they have just videos about how awesome they are and how awesome their products and services. So what is it that distinguishes them? It's how you actually interact now with the customer more than ever. 2021 is all about chat. It's all about interacting with people in the chat and actually building that know, like, and trust in a very, very deep way and taking people through in a, a longer process. And that's how you actually create business in 2021 in high ticket or courses, in my opinion, you could still get them to convert via landing pages and video sales letters and phone calls and all that stuff. But if you're not doing chat at a very high level, you're missing, you're leaving money on the table and you're not impacting people's lives in the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even though if, I mean, in the beginning, obviously you can do all this yourself, but you proving here that you obviously can hire someone to help you with that. So it's still possible to do it, even though we have a lot of followers and, you know, yeah. It's still yeah, possible. Yeah. You have to, you have to create the system first and then you have to get it. You have to then be able to teach it to other people. And that's the hard part for people is they have a hard time just even executing it themselves or being authentic or having the patience to go back and forth with clients. But you know, that's because you're playing the short term with your brand. You're not looking at it as it's a Oak tree. Like one of my mentors is like, you have to plant the Oak tree. It takes 20 years to enjoy an Oak tree until it's grown. <laughs> Right. So why don't you just start planning it now so that you can enjoy that oak tree in 20 years. And so people are so short sighted and that's what affects their results is they don't see things in the long term. You have to look at your coaching or consulting business is not like a get rich quick scheme. It's like an actual long term impact, impact driven business that's putting people first and profit second. That's why vision is the most important thing for you to focus on as an entrepreneur, as a course creator, as a, someone who sells a high ticket offer in 2021, because without vision, that's compelling. You're never going to get driven out of bed and be obsessed with the process and helping and putting people first, because you're always just trying to expect a certain outcome and a certain result. And that's where people operate with scarcity and chase, and they don't come from a place of abundance. And they actually, you know, drive people away from them than actually bring them to them. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, totally. Um, not sure if it's part of your vision, but um, I do know that you like to help people that are less fortunate than us. And you do help some kids in Africa, if I don't remember. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's one, of the, one of the many places we go to. Yes. Yeah. So what kind of help are you bringing over there to help impact the world? Yeah. Thanks for asking that. So I have a nonprofit that I co-founded two years ago called Through You. And on Instagram, we're Through You Org. And we're 1,000% a nonprofit. Every dollar we collect goes to building schools and water wells. We don't have operations. All nine co-founders give up their time. We don't have anybody on payroll, nothing. 
Okay. And so we're 100% nonprofit. And in fact, my for-profit business donates a percentage of my profits to the nonprofit side of things. Mm -hmm. And so anybody who works with me inside of my agency or in my high ticket offers or helping you launch your business online or growing your sales team, like a percentage of that goes to building school. So when you, when you, someone like you works with me, you're building a school with me too. And what's cool is we actually mobilize people like you that are entrepreneurs that want to make an impact, but don't have the time. We mobilize them for a week and take them into the villages. And then 2018 was our first ever trek. We went to Malawi, Africa, and we built a school for 600 kids. And it was the most magical moment in my life. It was like a movie with like how these kids were banging on the bus, getting mm-hmm. us out of the bus after traveling 30 hours. I had all this anxiety from traveling that just disappeared when these kids were singing their songs in their native language, which was Chichewan. Chichewan is the language of Republic of Congo. And it's also the language that, you know, inhabitants of Malawi speak. And, you know, Malawi is one of the most underdeveloped countries in the world. It's very rural. They don't have roads very much. And so there are parts of it that do have roads right off the airport, but it's the coolest place in the world, man. It really is. I never forget that experience living in the house uh, there's no electricity, no running water. These kids are happy as can be, and they don't even mm-hmm. have clean water, Ken. It's crazy. Yeah. And so that moment ch- changed me. I, I I remember the first day when they sang song to us in the village. They sang for three hours straight, dancing huh. and putting on a putting on a show for us when we came in because they couldn't believe we came all the way across the world, traveled. 40 hours to build a school selflessly for them. And they couldn't believe it because they had, they had never seen a person outside their village, let alone Americans. Right. Mm -hmm. And so here we are, we're in their village and they're scared really initially because they never seen outsiders come into their village. And so they're literally, you know, feeding us like we, they ate mangoes in the morning and they ate SEMA, which is rice at night. And these kids are happy as can be and they're starving. And it's, it's, it's crazy. It's super tremendous. Like to change your mindset and your perspective on life. Like I came back a different freaking human being, like on a different level where I'm like, okay, everything's about building more schools and water wells, because, you know, if you can see, and you can experience what these, what I experienced in the village, you can start to see that life doesn't happen to you as a victim, because you accidentally burned your house down. It actually happens for you and through you, one person at a time, transforming lives, making a difference. And so my sales and entrepreneurship game forexed in my income and my impact because of who I was on the phones now and who I was for entrepreneurs and consultants like you who wanted to scale out high ticket offers. And so, man, it's really, really tremendous. And now we've extended to building schools in Guatemala. We have a school in Guatemala that we opened last year. Uh, we have a water well in Dominican Republic. And our goal is to build anywhere from two to four or more projects a year. And through you is about building a community of like-minded people that want to make a difference, not just in schools or water wells, but living a, what we call a through you lifestyle, which life happens through you, through the impact you want to make the difference you want to make in the world. And so it's freaking tremendous. And it's changed my life in a different way in a more profound way than all the personal development combined. If I can go back and do it all over again, I would have just went 18 years old in that village. <laughs> and I would have not needed a single personal development book. If I just did four of those a year, or like one of those a year, every year, I would have just became a different person just through time and through just a short amount of time. So I highly, highly recommend you go somewhere outside of the country and you give back. It'll really change you and shift you. So thank you for asking about that. Amazing. Uh, Where can people find out more about this nonprofit that you have? Yes. So we are through you uh, org. So through you.org. Yep. 
Uh, through you, just how it's spelled through T H R O U G H Y O U dot org, or you can find us on Instagram at through you org at through you org, and that's uh, that's our handle. Awesome. Well, it's interesting that you, you know, in spite of everything that has happened, it has happened for you, and it has led you to where you are today, where you're able to give back in such a huge way. And uh, I think people need to f- remember that everything crappy things that happens to you or to you i mean for you obviously it's it's supposed to happen you know it's the way it is and if you just you know manage to reframe how things are happening great things will happen later for sure that's exactly it's all about reframing the past into an opportunity when you see things as losses in life immediately switch that to how can you be grateful for that and when Mm -hmm. i started doing that in my life my personality started to change and my personality started saying I started to see the good and all the bad things. And when you start to see the good and all the bad things, you start to not see bad things at all. You just start to see and attract only good things. And it's amazing because when something bad or happens, like the way you react to it over time, like how I used to react to things that were unfortunate and how I perceived it at 19 to now 30 is just like a world of a difference. You know, now when something happens, I'm like, oh, that's great. How is that an opportunity? Let's find a new way. Let's Let's interact with it differently. Like, oh my God, I'm so glad that happened. And when you can develop gratitude about what happened and you can reframe that, like you said, beautifully, like you can change your personality. When you change your personality, your personal reality will change. Mm. And I think that's a perfect note to end it all on. <laughs> Love how that has stopped right there. Um, how can people reach out to you, find out more about you and all that stuff? Yeah. So my handle on every channel on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook's at the Johnny Anton, T-H-E-J-O-H-N-N-Y-A-N-T-O-N. That's all my handles online. And uh, yeah, I just can't, I just wanted to thank you. This has been like one of my best interviews I've ever had. Just your presence, your calmness is like really, really awesome. And I just, you're doing a great job with this podcasting. It's an honor and privilege to be on here with you. And so I can't, Thank you enough for having me on. I appreciate it. And it was really, truly an honor to have you on. It's, um, yeah, it's been great. We had a great conversation. I loved it. So thank you. Thank you. Sir. All right, everybody. That's it for this week. We'll come back next week. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.